Uh, Shayna, Michael, thank you so much for the time. It is uh, wonderful to chat with you. The film is such a joy. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. I I mean it. I I was like, it's both hilarious and heartwarming in moments at the same time. It's it's really well done. Um, I, I'm just now. I know that there's a web series as well that came first, or at least that's what I, I understand. So, is that is that sort of how it went? The web series was well, and then we decided to create a film. It's kind of it's the same thing. So it's the same thing. The, the film is we created a web series. The truth is like a story is a story. It's this one story we created originally to be seven parts, but it's like a story beginning, middle and end. And then basically we edited it together to make uh, a feature film. Um, and so basically each of the chapters in the feature film is going to be released on Highball as a separate episode. So we have these kind of two edits of the same story, one as a feature and one as as a seven part web series. Yeah. Oh, so it's actually the same content as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, okay. But with slightly different transitions. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Well, I would love to know where the story, the, the origin of the story and, and to, to hear where it came from. Uh, so the original kernel for the idea uh, came from the fact that the rabbi who did my bat mitzvah contacted me after I graduated from theater school and convinced me to be a wedding cantor. And I was like, Ellie, I don't speak Hebrew. I've never read the Torah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so ill-equipped for this. And he was like, it doesn't matter. You're a good singer. You're an engaging performer. That's all I care about. I don't need you. I don't even need you to believe in God. Like he, we actually had that conversation, which was great. Um, and so I was put in some of these hilarious situations and I felt like there might be something here. Uh, and I just threw it up on Facebook. Hey, who are the Toronto Jewish screen TV screenwriters? And this guy reached out to me. We kind of knew each other peripherally. We were talking earlier today that it's like really lucky that we're now such good friends and good collaborators. We're still chatting all the time and making stuff like four and a half years later. Yeah. It turned out really badly. But the, the way I met Shana actually is that I had written a play like 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago at this point, and Shana auditioned for it. It was not the right person for the role, but we gave such a tremendous audition, was so talented that I was like, I'm gonna remember, I'm gonna remember Shayna. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I sort of felt I was like, this is a, this is a very special person um, with a special talents and real heart and soul. So then we're like Facebook friends, yeah, and I see she's looking for someone. I was like, well, hell yeah, I want to work with her. So yeah, and, and it's been a really good, it's been a really good real real collaboration like uh in the truest sense of the word um that i feel like we we created this thing really together really like both out of our own souls and our own spirits and bringing out the best of each other and pushing each other so that's been been pretty remarkable you know it shows up on screen because it's just the the series just sort or the, the film i should say sort of unravels so naturally yeah it's yeah they're the same thing <laughs> um I, I would love to talk to you both about about the music which is amazing in this film it's just so wonderful uh shana it, your your voice is truly is wonderful Thank you. um it in it's such a unique mix because like you said uh like well like like you you said about being a wedding cantor like your character is invited to be a cantor at synagogue and she's like I don't know any songs. Mm. 
and, and breaks out into be our guest at one point. <laughs> it's like, I was wondering, uh, first of all, I was wondering, like, were there any issues get using that song, first of all, before we get any more into it? But I, I was wondering about that. Um, curious parody. Parody. It's a, there's a specific way you can use it as a, as a non-offensive parody. But there's also, I mean, in terms of rights, we did have to make a case for the Leonard Cohen song that's in there. And we, uh, we wrote a whole like impassioned letter to his publishers talking about why we felt like this song was important to have in the show, because we kind of feel like he's the patron saint of Canadian Jewish artists. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were really excited about having that specific song in. And I mean, one of the things that we talked about early on was this idea that as young Jews, we're very disconnected from the religion. And when we when you translate this, the prayers that I sing, they're, they're very God oriented and they're very religious and I feel very disconnected from like the translation of them. But the melodies and the words have been sung by our ancestors for thousands of years. And so often I would be singing these songs that I don't understand and be brought to tears because the, the melodies are so haunting and beautiful. And, and there's just this feeling of connection that I can't quite intellectualize, but is there. And we found that really interesting. And then we thought, what if we updated this for like, a, what if we actually updated it? Because a lot of synagogues are doing that where they're kind of popifying songs, but they're not really doing I hate to say this, a great job of it. Like they're not going all the way. And I, I've, I've been a pop artist for the past few years. And there's a producer actually in England who I, I've worked with a lot, who I just love his work. And I was like, Joe, I need you. You're going to be on this. So I kind of brought my contacts from the actual pop music world into this and said, okay, you're not a Jewish musician specifically. And that's what I want because I want to change this sound. So we kind of brought my contacts over to this other world. See, that, this was this is what I mean is so fascinating about this because, you know, talking about popifying and all these things, and I've heard all these things about before. I've heard U2 is being sung by the Catholic Church now is one of their, you know, from what I've heard. But what's interesting is there's something about the power of music. And, and I'm wondering for you both, what what is the power of music in here because like you said you're singing these songs that are not traditional that you could say well this is not associated with the torah at all but there is this deeply spiritual sensibilities about the music itself in these moments yeah music is it it, it touches it goes into a different part of your brain like i always think about <clears throat> i saw some footage of a you know a guy at a, um, an old age home who had severe dementia, mostly nonverbal, couldn't remember names of family and friends and stuff, but could like sing a melody beginning to end, mm. you know, like and how music can sort of awaken a different part of something. Like it, it, we, it, music goes to a different part of the brain, a different part of the soul. And like, um, I remember not liking synagogue as a kid. A lot of the time I was bored, shifting in my seat, trying to get out, you know, but, but the music somehow stays with you and becomes deeply meaningful. And then weirdly at times of crisis is there and you're like, oh my God, this song feels like it's coming from some place buried deep in my heart. And that's just what, that's what music can do. You know, teenagers feel it most acutely. Like that's why they're so into music and music is so 
important to them. And then we can sort of lose that as we get older. Um, you know, Viv is somebody, and maybe Shana as well, someone who's like, music is still really, really vital to their, I think I'm like this a bit too. And like, it, music keeps you young, it keeps you authentic, it keeps you honest, it brings out real emotion. And it's like there at all the major points, the people have a wedding song, you know, and in Judaism we sing, and not just Judaism, I think you sing at funerals and Irish wakes too. There's a reason why people love the song Danny Boy, because it, it stands in for something and it like elevates us and touches us in a way. So that's the side of religion that we love. And then it's like, religion also comes with all this other BS and a lot of laws and a lot of old school sexism and a lot of stuff that we don't like. We mean me and Shana, but also I think maybe modern young people. But this show is like about the dichotomy. There's stuff that you don't like, and then there's this package of things, a package of things that sometimes in the music that is just so powerful and so immediately um, evocative. And so that's that's what we were playing with with the series. We did talk a lot about how going to a really amazing concert is kind of like a spiritual experience. Like you're with all these people, you're in community, you're having this amazing experience together where you feel like you're on this other plane or this emotional space. And we were like, that's more spiritual than a lot of our actual like religious spiritual centers. What if we brought that to synagogue? And that's what this kind of revolution is all around that Viv is starting, where she's kind of throwing out the mold and ripping things apart and doing things that are a little like un, not kosher, but is actually getting back to the center of what that soulful experience actually is, you know? And we were making it, Michael said this the other day, we were making it in the pandemic when it was literally illegal for people to be in a room and sing together. And I know we were missing it so deeply. Everyone was missing live music so deeply. So it kind of made us feel the need for that or our community's need for that even more than when the, the idea first came to us. You know, you know, it's funny you say that. And again, I, I want to tell stories about me, but because you said this, I want to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. One, one, of, one of the the most powerful experiences I had in the Toronto Film Festival as an attendee was during a concert documentary of Justin Timberlake and it because it was this bizarre experience where everybody's up and it was like it was like it, it was church in this bizarre way so everything you're saying there I understand because there is something about music that unlocks a piece of us and 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 this really comes across within the within the film like i said it doesn't matter what you're singing when you sing something you can see it in your character as well you sort of come alive mm -hmm. in that space yeah and that's what we tried to do visually uh, you know the director is um, a really close collaborator of mine daniel and rosenberg we he directed a bunch of music videos that we create together and he so he comes from a music video world he understands how to visualize music and how to make those emotions appear on screen so that's sort of like kind of the conceit of the film that when she sings it, it turns into this mu music video space where you know the, all the wild tricks of music videos but also just like how can we make that emotion feel like it feels to be at a concert how it feels to listen to music and how it feels to sing music too um and yeah i think that's made the film pretty unique like when we describe it to people we're like yeah it's a jewish electropop music video musical it's not a musical but it's like a musical it's like a musical in disguise and like because it's it's sort of its own genre i think a little bit like it doesn't have too much in common with um too many other things so 
um, which in and of itself we're really proud of because like, you know, at the very least do something unique, right? Yeah, ab absolutely. Well, you know, and one of the things I thought was interesting about this film too is that it honors the faith tradition, but also your character's journey and and this sort of like walking you know i'm not a part of the church but it sort of honors the synagogue at the same time in those traditions i was wondering for you both like what's it what do you what did you want to walk that line i feel like walking that line is kind of the definition of what it is to be a young contemporary jew because like when I had that conversation with my rabbi where he asked me, do you believe in God? And I was like, I feel kind of trapped right now. And he's a great rabbi because he actually didn't care. Mm. Um, he, he cared about community and, and my engagement with that. But um, it's this weird thing where Judaism is a culture and a religion and an ethnicity. And there's not very many things, I I don't know. We, we might be the only community where it's kind of that gray or complex or multifaceted where you use the same word for many different things. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's always kind of been a part of my life where I'm, I'm very connected to this religion and yet I'm not religious. And yet I don't believe in a lot of the laws, but there's a weird part of me that still feels at home in that space and going to synagogue has always felt different than going to church for me. Like I don't really have Christian friends who go to church without being religious, whereas there are a lot of Jews who go to synagogue for high holidays, for bar bat mitzvahs, who don't believe in like a word of religion, but it's so linked to the culture that you're kind of allowed to say the prayers without really believing in them. It's more about the community family aspect for a lot of people. Yeah, we're also lucky in the sense that, like, I think really, really hard questioning of the religion is a big part of Judaism. Like, it's the, like it's a big it's a big question. It's a big question. Religion. There's there's like um, really famous tradition of midrash, which is like basically making up stories of stuff that didn't happen to explain it in a different way. Like it, it, it sounds like heresy. Like you're not really like you 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 shouldn't really usually be like oh, but what really happened is Abraham actually did kill Isaac and then God reanimated Isaac. But it's like you can remake stuff, you can question stuff, you can kind of um, play around with the religion. And in that sense, it's really it's very theatrical or it's very literary. It's very like. Um, <clears throat> it's very open for interpretation, for playing with it and questioning with it. So when we do, when we did the show and we're engaging with like a lot of the things about Judaism, even when we're um, walking close to that line of like, uh, some of it sucks, it still feels very like, um, yeah, it feels central to some of the central tenets of the religion, which is like, keep questioning, keep asking. It's a, so like Shana said, it's a, uh, it's a culture it's a people or an ethnicity, it's a religion, and it's like also a philosophy, right? Right? a series of competing philosophies all nested together. So it is complicated, which means that there's a lot of space to journey around and find a version that works for you, um, which, which is, can be really exciting and really fun. Yeah, it, it seems like there's a lot of deconstruction going on and sort of saying, okay, I, this is part of who I am, but that part isn't who I am. And, or am, is that, is that, Exactly. That's exactly it. And it's also like, how, how is that even possible? Whereby like, I'm 
on the one hand a very proud jew in theory but i'm like also like sometimes i'm like i don't believe in god and judaism is made up like i don't think of it as like i certainly don't believe it was handed down from god it's just like so like how does that work in a person that you can be both completely ambivalent about it and then uh, one hand and then on the other hand you're just like yeah but it's like a central tenet of my identity it's it's confusing and uh yeah the deconstruction of identity is like i think bubbling behind the surface of a lot of the stuff like i mean it's not it's not like in the it's not exactly in in like every scene but i think it motivates a lot of both Viv and the character of ash who's the rabbi's son like he is sort of living this very acutely with a father who's a rabbi we get the sense that he was sort of like pressured to be a, maybe a rabbi or a spiritual leader and is instead in marketing um so uh, maybe not quite as soulful a job so you know like yeah it's really confusing and what is that like for him in a way that's like every jew feels that to a degree at least secular jews feel like on the one hand it's like we're part of this three thousand year old mammoth tradition on the other hand it's like i don't know i don't know like i don't know is that yeah. i don't know what does that mean yeah what does it all mean yeah, it, it, see, I, as I'm watching it, I thought this is this is just great. And there are scenes like you said, it's funny now you're telling me these stories. I can see them translating on screen like that conversation where the rabbi pulls you aside and says, and you and your character is just, well, I don't believe in God. That's ah, fine. And I was like, really? That's okay. All right. All right. Just sing anything. I don't know anything. That ah, doesn't matter. But, but it does matter. It does matter. Like, this is what I love about the film is that it, it's not that the film doesn't pretend that that stuff is irrelevant. Like, mm -hmm. you, like you said, it's so rooted and grounded in, in cultural identity. But at the same time, it's not strictly tied, tied down, if that's the way to describe it. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, which is kind of like what Michael was saying before, very tied to Jewish tradition, where you know, the, the idea that to get to an understanding of something, you have to present all sides and there's no answer, but the answer is in the discussion. That's like a very central tenet. And we had so many discussions. And I think that that's inherently in the piece, even though we're, we're focusing on telling a story, we kind of steeped the story so much in these conversations that it's, it is under the surface. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of wrestling with which again like uh, Jacob is it Jacob who wrestles with the angel Shana who who wrestles with uh, Why are you asking me? I'm the one who never read the Torah. <laughs> it's Isaac. I think it's Isaac. No, it's Isaac. No, one of them, one of them wrestles with God. One of them definitely wrestles with God. Um, and that's like a you know that's a hero of it. Like you you'd think that if God comes to Earth and you punch him in the face, or an angel of God comes to Earth and you punch him in the face, you're in trouble. But actually, it's like no, that's actually uh that's that's uh yeah that's a virtue Good for you in, in the religion so yeah there's a lot of wrestling going on there and i think that that's um you know that's part of it also like the music part of it is like and music is universal and and you don't own music there's beautiful like we talked a lot about how gospel music is so soulful and so incredible um and it's you know it can be about jesus but there's something about in the music itself that we're like we're contacting something beyond just beyond the way we can interpret religion something a little bit bigger more eternal more universal um so that i think that that like features in like that's a way out of wrestling and a way out of ideas like but we have this one thing music and it does connect the characters 
it connects all the characters in our film when I think about it. It's like some of the most important moments in the final moment also not to run out, but is shared over music. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, as, as you say that, it makes me think too, uh, and, and lot bigger than language, you know, I think, you know, because uh, I, we've had, I've had experiences where someone's played a song that I know, but it's in another language and you still participate, you still oh. sing along, you understand what's going on, even if you don't know the exact word that's being said, there's some sort of invitation to participate in it, which is so incredible. Uh, my my five-year-old kid adores Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. We listen to it in the car over and over. He can't understand or process a single word. They're going too fast. A lot of it's over his head, but but he gets the song. And really, he gets, he's getting the song. He gets it perfectly. He thinks it's called like Sabotage. Like he doesn't know what the word means, but he's he's invested because it's there's something you're right. There's something like super verbal and beyond language that can really like unite. He's feeling the energy of that song. He's feeling the Beastie Boys singing to him. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what, um, that's what the music in our show does. And that's what great music can do when it's honest and sincere. And it's like, you know, it's done with a certain degree of selflessness. And um, yeah, music is, music is really powerful. Yep. Well, I mean, absolutely. And and the film is such a joy, just just from you both. We're running out of time. I was just wondering, this is great. I'm just chatting. Yeah. Yeah, this is wonderful. Uh, but <laughs> what I was wondering what you both hope people, audiences take away from the film. Um, I mean, at the, at the simplest level, I hope that they feel something. I hope that they laugh and I hope that they feel. I think that that is the simplest and uh, biggest and best thing that we can do as artists is is make our audience feel something. Um, yeah, and I and I hope that they. I mean, whenever you tell a story that's specifically about one community, um, I hope that. The community can see themselves accurately represented and I hope that other people from other communities also see themselves in this story because we're all quite similar we just have different packagings you know so I hope that it humanizes these these people that we've we've put up there yeah I hope people um <clears throat> mail us checks <laughs> That's I mean yes they thought it was so funny and so good. They're just like, we're going to send money to them. And then they must not have made like, enough. Also the shared humanity thing too. That's <laughs> checks first, then shared humanity. Uh, number two. Yeah. Both of us. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to know what happened next. Yeah, well, that, Your it, job then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, we've got, we've got ideas. We'll, we'll just say we've got, we've got some more adventures uh, in our, in our minds for where Viv goes next, but we'll, we'll keep those secret for the time being. But yeah, yeah, maybe we just, we dangle that and that's where the checks come from. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, it's such, the film is so wonderful. Shana and Michael, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I wish you the oh, best. Thank you. thank you so much. This has been so fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> 